Welcome to the Worshipped Woman Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Kristen. I am a life and relationship coach, deep healing facilitator, and subconscious change expert. On this podcast, we will dive deep into personal growth, transformation, and relationships, releasing patterns of toxicity, codependency, and people-pleasing as we explore what it means to be the worshipped woman. If you are ready to heal, embody your worth, and raise your standards in life and love, you are in the right place. I am so happy to have you here. Now, let's get started. Welcome, sisters. Welcome back to The Worshipped Woman. We are here, we are back, and I really could not be more excited to be sitting here and talking to you today and to be having you listen to this. I know I took quite a break from the podcast and I'm super excited to be back and I am so, so excited for the guests that I have on the show today and the episode that you are going to listen to. I mean, you are just in for a treat. But before I get further into that, I do want to let you know, I mean, gosh, so many things have been happening and I have so much that I want to share with you and so much that I am going to share with you in some upcoming episodes. But really, I am so, so excited to share that a vision that I have had for a really, really long time is coming to life. You know, I've been doing Um, personal development work, coaching work, um, you know, life transformation work kind of stuff for about eight years now. And when I was first learning personal development, first learning that we can change our lives, like we can change our beliefs and we can change how we show up in the world and we have so much power, you know, the power of the mind and all these things. When I was first learning all of that, I really had this moment of you know, it's uncomfortable to awaken sometimes because we have to look at who we've been and what we've been through and then go, there's a certain amount of grief in that. There's a certain amount of grief in waking up and being in the process. And I remember just feeling like my entire life was changing, right? Because as I'm waking up, the things that I was doing, I didn't want to do anymore. The path that I was on, I didn't want to be on anymore. And it really changed everything for me. And and when I thought about what I really, really wanted to do in the world and what I wanted to do with myself and my life was help other women to learn what I was learning, to be able to teach them what I was learning. You know, I love to go super in depth on stuff. I mean, I have so many certifications at this point. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of like a joke, right? How many certifications I've been through and deep dives I've been through. And I, and I, and I do it because it's not just for me, but it's because I, I want to learn this stuff so I can share it so I can help people more and I can help them shift deeper and faster than I ever did, right? Like all of these things. And I wanted to create a space I dreamed of creating a space where I could teach everything that I was learning and have women come together in a space where they could be safe to unlearn the things that we didn't need to have and to learn how to really love ourselves to learn how to set boundaries to learn you know how to be the woman that you want to be in this world without the conditioning that society puts on us that tells us to be any other way that's really what I wanted to do and right now this vision that I've had and held for the past eight years is really coming to life in a big way. 
because although I have been obviously sharing, you know, for quite a few years now on this podcast, I've been sharing on my Instagram, I've been sharing on YouTube, you know, I I have a lot of content things out there. What I didn't have was a centralized location, a community, a place where people could tap in and not only access this kind of work, but feel that safe space community. And I am so absolutely thrilled to announce that the Worshipped Woman membership is open today for founding members. And the Worshipped Woman membership is this space. It is the space where I'm not only giving you tools on how to transform your life, but we are actually creating this community of women to do um, to really become the love of your own life, to put yourself first, to make loving yourself the most important job that you have. Because I truly believe that if we all loved and accepted ourselves, every single part of ourselves, like if we treated ourselves with the utmost honor, respect, and reverence, that we will literally change the entire world. There's a very famous saying by the poet Rumi that says, yesterday I was clever and I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise and so I am changing myself. And that always spoke to me because, you know, we think that we need other things outside of us to change in order to be happy or in order to have what we want, in order to, you know, fill in the blank. But the only thing that we can change is ourselves. And when we take radically respons- radical responsibility for that change and we step into that, that is what changes everything. You are the person that can change your life. You are the person that can shift the primary vibration that you're putting out into the world. And that is what changes everything. And I truly believe that if everyone on this planet, man, woman, non-binary, doesn't matter, whatever it is, If every person on this planet said, I'm going to love and accept myself fiercely, I'm going to act like it is the most important job of my life, and I'm going to make this, I'm going to become the love of my own life, we would absolutely, the world would be a completely different place. And the kind of world I want to live in is the one where women deeply know their worth, where women know that they are truly wonderful, magnificent beings and that all of the other stuff that society says anything that says makes you think I'm not good enough or I'm not this or I'm not that 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 is all false just false societal conditioning and programming and when we get rid of that and allow your true essence to shine that's the kind of world I want to live in and so that's what we are creating inside the worshiped woman membership not only are you going to get actual Uh, monthly live calls with me where we're doing live Q&A coaching style calls. We're also going to be doing live healing work. So uh, think full breathwork sessions, full embodiment sessions that we get on Zoom and do together. We're also going to have uh, the self-healing library, which I'm so excited about because it's basically designed to be like the Netflix of self-healing. You can go in there and plug into all kinds of different hypnotherapy. You know, you want to work on increasing your self-worth. There's hypnotherapy for that. You want to work on increasing your self-trust, hypnotherapy for that. You want to release shame because you're still feeling like you're holding on to the past. Guess what? I've got hypnotherapy for that. We're also going to have tappings, tapping around, stepping into your confidence, your power, who you really are, tapping on loving yourself more. Tapping is just emotional freedom technique. It's another way to change subconscious beliefs. I'm also going to have a uh, breath work and embodiment section in there for shorter practices that you can do anytime that you need to get back in your body. I mean, this is really going to be the space that I am contributing a lot to. And I'm so, so excited to really be bringing this vision to life and for it to be here. 
it is important to note that founding members are going to be limited because I'm really focused on creating this community and having the community also you know, have a say in the direction that this membership is going, making sure that you get the trainings that you want and need, making sure that it is a space that is highly, highly valuable for you and all of the women that come after into the membership. So founding members will be limited, just making sure that we get everything good and running and everything is exactly what it needs to be before I open it up to a wider audience. So if that is something that you are interested in, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go to the link in my bio and check it out because the founding members are only, uh, we're only going to be open for a few days by the time that this comes out. So make sure that you check it out so that you can join us as a founding member you can join us on the welcome call that we're gonna have and really get the party started and it's super super top secret right now but I am really excited to start the journey with everybody that is going to be in the worshiped woman as a founding member with all of that being said I kind of even forgot to mention that in the membership as well there's going to be master classes that I teach as well as guest teachers And one of the women that is on the podcast today, her name is Christine Ajasafi. She is a guest teacher inside of The Worshipped Woman, and her class in there is incredible. I can't wait for you to experience it. But even if you do not come into the membership and you don't take her class in there, this conversation that you are about to hear between her and I is so powerful. It is truly one of these conversations that I think every woman in the world needs to hear because we are talking about food freedom, body freedom, being able to be free in your body. And there's actually something that Christine said in the episode that literally she says, if you can't be free in your body, you can't be free in your life. And I wanted to bring this episode and this topic into the membership because I think as women, we get so many messages around how we have to look and how we have to be in order to be accepted in society. So if you are somebody who has ever struggled with food in any capacity, whether that be any kind of binge eating or eating disorder or obsessed with calorie counting or obsessed with how you look, obsessed with tying your worth into how your body looks, right? Like thinking somehow that if you looked a different way, then this would be better or this would happen. You have these kind of thoughts, anything like that, this episode is going to benefit you because we really, I mean, we, we hold nothing back. And Christine just shares so much wisdom and her journey actually started as a food freedom coach after she recovered from a 12-year battle with bulimia. Now she um, has expanded her practice a little bit and she helps people manifest whatever they want through embodiment, which you guys know I love. And she is really a beautiful, beautiful soul. And, And I just cannot wait for you to experience this conversation. And if you do appreciate this conversation, you are absolutely going to love her teachings inside of the Worshipped Woman membership. I also want to add that uh, Dr. Janie Lacey, who I had an episode with her about healing uh, from toxic love addiction, she is also featured in the membership as a guest teacher. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to see her training as well. But back to Christine, this is truly 
truly an incredible episode. Really, really. I mean, pay attention. Listen, there are so many nuggets. I promise you, if you put some of these things into practice, this is one of those things that you can look at and be like, okay, my life changed after I listened to this and I implemented these things. It really, really did. So with that being said too, if you are listening to the episode and you love it and you want to share it with somebody else that you know needs to hear it, we would appreciate you so, so much. You can tag me on Instagram, take a screenshot. I'm at Miss Kelly Kristen. You can tag Christine. I will put her stuff in the show notes, but it's at Christine Ajasafi. And without further ado, here she is. Welcome to the Worshipped Woman podcast. We are so happy to have you here and really get into a very interesting discussion today on all things body freedom. Like that's what's really ringing true for me. And I'd love for you to just do a little bit of an intro on, I guess I'd love for you to share your story and background about body freedom and why it really became like a very prominent thing in your life. Hi, I love that question, first of all, because I love talking about um, freedom in relation to our bodies, because I truly believe that we we can't have freedom in our life if we don't have freedom in our body. And most of us don't even really know what that means and what freedom means, because we're so used to being... um, approved of or disapproved of and thinking that something has to change based on approval right so for me it's like when I start my story it's always like there's so many so many places to start like where do I start do I start with like when I was born and because everything is connected so I think for for me it's interesting so I'd like to give the audience a little background you and I initially met at a business conference, like yes. maybe four years ago at this point, it was a yeah, while ago. It was and a while at the ago. time you were a bodybuilder and you, oh my gosh, this Christine was like shredded and you know, your whole account was around bodybuilding and you and I just kind of stayed in contact, just like we'd see each other do something and be like, Hey, great, great job. You know, kind of yeah. just like a peripheral cheerleaders. And then I started noticing your transition out of bodybuilding and your, it felt like a liberation that you were going through. Mm. And it was so beautiful to witness this, you know, from the outside perspective, because knowing how strict and stringent and the obsession that of bodies within that whole fitness world, and then coming to a place where it really seemed like you were able to let all of that go and embrace your true self and embrace your true nature. And that to me was like the most intriguing thing, because I think most women really struggle with their bodies. Like we have so many stories around our bodies and food and, you know, and we'll talk more about the food issues (laughs) a little bit later as we get into this, because I'm sure you have a lot to say on that, but it was like that watching you come out of the bodybuilding phase to who you are now, it, it just felt like the only word I can think of is that, that liberation. And it was just, and, and you could, the joy through it for you seemed so palpable. And I'd love for you to kind of share that journey. I really love when people reflect that joy back to me. And of course, you know, I don't spend 24 seven, like enjoy, but I was sitting outside my garage one day, um, 
basically just staring at another garage. <laughs> like, it's not like it was a beautiful view, but I love sitting there. And one of my neighbors came up to me and he said, I really just wanted to say hi to you because you're just always so happy. And I loved that this man saw me always by myself. And what he saw was joy, even though I was alone. And a few years ago, I'm not sure if that's how someone would have described me. So to talk about the bodybuilding, I would first start with, because this is an important part of the story, and I think that some people, a lot of people can relate to this. I um, I wasn't really raised with my dad. My dad was in a different country to me. I didn't see him a lot. He wasn't in contact a lot. I didn't really feel accepted or known by my dad. I felt like I felt like he didn't remember me, which, you know, in hindsight, he's not here anymore. He's not alive anymore. Um, in hindsight, that wasn't true. I, it was just his own stuff. But when I was a kid, I was such a daddy's girl. And then to grow up and just have my dad not around, it felt like there was something wrong with me. You know, like if your own dad doesn't want you or is not obsessed with you or isn't always hugging you or isn't there, then there's got to be something wrong with you, right? Because that's your dad. Um, and I spent a lot of time seeking approval from my mom. And what my mom approves of is money and beauty. She's very into how bodies look. And she, when she was young, she was naturally slender. So for as long as I can remember, from the ages of between 10 and 12, especially, all I heard from my mom is, wow, you're so big. You're so much bigger than I used to be. And big is relative. It's always relative. Um, but I was a very, I was a very small child. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't remotely big. But that's where it started. And I, as I grew up, my body got me a lot of attention. People would talk about my body a lot, uh, would comment on my body a lot. Maybe a lot of other women would say, I wish I had a body like yours. Um, I learned basically that my body was the way in which I receive love and my beauty was the way in which I receive love. And the two were intertwined. And without those, I was a nobody and no one cared about me. And possibly maybe I would have been like this anyway, but because I was consistently subconsciously craving attention from my mom and dad, attention was just something that was really important to me. I really liked attention. I really wanted attention. And I, I equated attention with love. Like if people paid me attention, that means they loved me. And if they loved me, that meant I felt safe. Obviously that's not the way I saw it or spoke about it. Then I just enjoyed being center of attention. So I say that because that's how, that's what led me to bodybuilding. And in my early 20s, I developed an eating disorder while living with my friend who was a model. We started dieting. And this eventually got out of hand, which it mostly always will. This is the thing. Um, your body is nature, right? And nature always wins. So when you're fighting against your body, nature's always going to win. And I was fighting against my body because I was consistent, consistently fighting against like, you know, when I wanted to eat, what I wanted to eat, I was mentally fighting that, telling myself what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. So long story short, I already had an eating disorder. I was bulimic before bodybuilding stepped into the scene. And bodybuilding is possibly objectively, although what's objectively and who would really know if it was objective, right? <laughs> it tends to attract um, a certain type of person because it's a very extreme sport. And I was attracted to bodybuilding because of A, the attention, 
everywhere I went, people talked about my body, right? So that was attention, which to me was love. And I thought that bodybuilding would heal me of my eating disorder. But what I meant by heal me is that I'd be this super strict, super disciplined. I'd only eat certain things at certain times. I'd only eat the meals prescribed. I'd be like, food is fuel, because that was like, that's what my coaches used to tell me when I was a bodybuilder, food is fuel. And food is fuel, but food is not only fuel. And um, I think it, that's slightly gaslighty in a way to, to say that, right? Because we, we also receive a lot of pleasure from food. Anyway. So that's how I got into bodybuilding. And once I started bodybuilding, oh gosh, I won. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was a good thing, but I won my first competition. So that started an obsession that lasted eight plus years where it was just like I would stand on stage and I'd win and I'd get attention. And I was like, people love me. It's because of my body. If I didn't look like this, people wouldn't be interested in me. People stop me on the street and say things to me. People want to know about me. They, they, because people project, they project onto you. They project this idea of who they would be if they looked like you. So they see you looking like you do. And in their mind, they're like, if I looked like you, I'd be a star. If I looked like you, I'd be so important. If I looked like you, I'd be so loved. If I looked like you, I'd be so disciplined. If I looked like you, I would have everything. So that's what they would project onto me. And I would receive it as if I was some sort of expert. You know, I would tell people about living healthier and doing this and doing that. Meanwhile, I was throwing up almost every single meal that I ate. You know, I would spend days at a time binging and purging and binging and purging and binging and purging just an endless cycle. And at the end of each day, I would say, not every day, but often I'd say, I'm tomorrow is going to be different. But also often I would plan my binges because it was like, it was exciting for me. It was a way for me to avoid my real life. This is the thing with bodybuilding. I'm going on a little bit here. The last thing I'm going to say about bodybuilding is that the trick with bodybuilding and fitness in general, actually, is that you are convinced that you're doing something because your body is changing. And we have all been so, most of us have been so conditioned to believe that our worth is in the doing. And if we, if our body's changing, that means we're doing something. That means our life is changing. That means we're progressing. So we get obsessed with these new lines, new lows, et cetera. I'm doing something. I'm achieving. I'm an achiever. I'm a doer. I'm ambitious. And society kind of reflects that back to you and it becomes this endless cycle. So did I even answer your question? <laughs> well, first of all, I feel like I could listen to you about this stuff forever because I, I just, I love the way that you speak about it. And, you know, certainly I'm sure a lot of women listening to this are not into bodybuilding, but can reflect back on the fact of using your body for approval, using your body for attention, tying up worth into how we look right? So I think all of us go through this journey on a certain scale. You just happen to put yours on a stage front front and center, you know, and I do want to relate, like I, I've worked with so many different women and I cannot tell you how many have eating issues or body image issues, right? And I know myself, I also struggled with uh, bulimia, binging and purging and this was through like a very tumultuous time in my life. And it felt like, uh, you know, maybe this was the only thing that I could control in some ways or, or something like that. It was a very, very interesting thing. Um, and I think that a lot of people that go through 
eating disorders. It's, it's based on trauma that we just haven't dealt with, you know? So I think it's important that we talk about this because not a lot of people do, right? Not a lot of people talk about the severe dysfunction with food. And I'd love for you to talk about, like, so we got the, the background of, you know, what it's like, but also the piece of breaking free from that. Right. Because I, I, I know having been through this journey myself of really breaking free from obsessing about my own body, obsessing about what I was eating and obsessing, you know, the the amount of sheer time and energy that felt like it was wasted on all this stuff (laughs) to now being in a place where I feel free from that. And I believe you do as well. It is, it's like the greatest thing I've ever done. (laughs) It just, it's like, oh my God, I don't have to obsess about this anymore. I don't have to feel like, oh, but you know, if I look like this and then I don't look like that, or in this picture, I look this way. So nobody posts this picture. I don't give a fuck what I look like Uh, picture. Like it's just a picture. Right. And so I'd love for you to speak about breaking free from that because now you are, you're just, you're in a radically different place. First of all, what you said I, I think I should tell you that I also have problems staying on one topic. And you just said so many things that excited me. Um, your <laughs> reaction to, I don't have to think about how I look in a picture anymore. And you, what you didn't say, but I related your excitement to, I don't have to think about if I have a brownie, I don't have to think about that for hours and days and days. The freedom, this freedom that we're talking about is so fucking underrated. Like people think that the 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 excitement um, or the thing that they're excited about is like having the perfect body. And I can tell you as someone who has been 6% body fat, uh, you know, abs to my ears, that is nothing on not having to think about what you're eating, not having to think about how you look in an outfit and whether someone can see your belly or hiding a bag or a cushion over your belly, just in case someone thinks something. It's, 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 I, I don't have the words to talk about like how freeing that is and how much space you have for other things. And another thing you mentioned is the, is like um, the trauma that, <coughs> that comes with food issues and you mentioned control and um I, I I don't know if people talk about this a lot but there is a high incidence of uh a lot of people who deal with food issues um have also experienced sexual abuse somewhere not everyone but it, it happens a lot and it it, it can become very how do I control my body? And even in some, for me, at a very young age, because it felt like my body was not my own, but also because these men were coming to me for my body. And even though I was so young and it, 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 it shouldn't be that way or whatever, it, it was that way. Um, I, again, subconsciously related my worth to my body that, I was wanted because my body looks a certain way and it can go the other way. Oftentimes we feel so unsafe in our body that we eat to build this armor around our body so that people cannot hurt us anymore. And it's not a conscious thing. It just happens. You know, a lot of people will find that after being sexually assaulted or going through a divorce or a rejection or toxic relationships, they gain weight. Right. And it's because we build this armor around our body. So I think it's important to mention that. And then lastly, what you said about about freedom. 
Gosh, it's so it's so I I I want it for everyone. And I got here a few different ways. Um it started with, and we have to think about I saw this diagram um a few months ago where it was two men reaching for rungs on a ladder. And one man, the rungs were really, really far apart. So he couldn't even reach the first rung. And the other man, the rungs were really close together. So he was climbing up them at a steady pace. So even though they were small steps, he was steadily climbing the ladder. So I think it's important for us to reach for something that feels doable. And many people who are so obsessed with their body weight and how their body looks and what they're eating and calories and exercise and all of that, it might be harder to say, eat what you want. Don't worry about it. Forget about what your body looks, right? That sounds easy to say, but what actually might be, um, what might be easier for you instead of going there is like starting with something small. So for me, I, my first goal for, with, with food freedom was actually that I did want to lose weight. And I was allowing myself to gain weight in order to lose weight. So my thinking was, I was a bodybuilder still at the time. And my thinking was, if I can stop binging, then I will lose weight in the end. So my desire was to still lose weight. And what I did is I allowed myself to eat whatever I wanted. And I gave myself the freedom, you're going to gain weight and that's okay. Because at some point you're going to lose it. But it was in this process of allowing myself to eat whatever I wanted and starting to uh, detach the way my body looked with my worthiness that suddenly I was not concerned with losing weight anymore. And there's a few practical ways to do this. If you struggle with um, binge eating, I would suggest not multitasking when you're eating because overeating is... um, it's essentially an avoidance behavior, right? We're avoiding being present when we're overeating. So if you're eating and doing a bunch of things at the same time, it gets really, really easy to uh, to avoid, right? Because you're doing so many things. So, and also what I did is I I started to ask myself better questions and that's always the way that's the always the way for transformation. I learned that from James actually, which was, you know, the business thing that you talked about Mm -hmm. earlier is I started asking myself better questions and I started to ask, well, what exactly would be a better body and who am I building this better body for? How do I know that the foods that I'm eating are actually quote unquote bad. I started to question more things and I started to realize that I didn't actually really know anything. So I I was able to slowly change my relationship with food by slowing down and asking myself better questions. So it was really easy when you're not, when you're not present, when you're eating, it's so easy to overeat. And what I would say to anyone listening, if you struggle with overeating, pay attention to your body when you're eating, because what you'll often find is that your nervous system is super activated when you're eating, like your heart might be pounding. It might, you might feel like anxious feelings and you're eating to feel that rather than eating from a place of um, hungry, right? Um, and when you slow down, I know it sounds so cliche, but when you slow down, you're really able to tune into 
what is my body needing in this moment? And what am I needing in this moment? Because sometimes it's not actually food that you're hungry for. And then you get to ask yourself, okay, well, what am I? What am I hungry for? Okay, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you talk because I feel like I'm just going off all over the place right now. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was great. And I think, you know, being able to slow down and be present in your body is one of the most important things that we can learn. You know, I actually do um, fasting quite, I wouldn't say like super often I used to, um, but then that also became a bit of an obsession. So now I do it Mm. like actually in a healthy way, (laughs) but I recently have been doing it just for some, some health issues that I actually had after having COVID. And it's been um, a super awesome blessing. But the thing that I love about fasting in particular, and I do like 72 hour water fast is that when you are in that space. And let's say you're 56 hours into this fast and you get the, the the most bizarre cravings. Okay. Like I don't even eat chicken. I haven't eaten chicken in years. Okay. I don't know the last time I ate chicken. And in my mind, it'll be like, you need fried chicken. Like I, I what? Like this is not even food that I eat. Cause it just doesn't agree with my body. Right. Like, it's not like, Oh, I can't have chicken. It's just, I don't feel good. So I'll just notice these thoughts in my head of all of these foods that I need to have. And it just, it feels so real. Like I absolutely need to have this, but because I'm fasting and I can't have any food because I'm serious on my fast, I just notice that it passes. And the thing about fasting and what it teaches you is like when you are actually really hungry versus when you're just having these thoughts of cravings or these thoughts of things that, you know, are just not really, like, that's not really what my body wants. You think on 56 hours of not eating, my body wants fried chicken. That makes no no sense, but it's like, it's teaches me what these crave, the cravings are just cravings, you know? And I, when I was in that binge eating kind of like phase, I would get obsessed with these cravings and think like, I need to have this thing. And like what you said about sort of planning it, I would also do that at times too, or I'd be like really excited to like go home and and binge and purge. And it just, and it felt like that was the thing that was exciting me, or that was the thing that was, I don't know, it was giving me something because again, I just didn't have I didn't have like a general grounding or a general understanding of what was going on, a general idea of like how to work through my emotions and things. But for me, it was starting to understand that's just a thought. That's just a thought. And I think really just becoming present to the fact like, oh, these are just thoughts. I don't have to do this thing that my mind is telling me that I have to do Mm. is such such an important part of the process. So I don't want to like gloss that over because it sounds simple. It sounds like, oh, okay, I'm just going to slow down. No, but that's it. A lot of this stuff really is quite, it, it is actually very simple. Um, maybe not always the easiest, but I love that you said that because that's a really important part that I would have not mentioned. The hardest part about change at the beginning especially if you are binging or emotionally eating is you have the urge to and it's like it feels like if I don't um 
if I don't serve this urge, I'm going to die or something. And you're really talking about separating the urge from truth. And what really helped me, and I read this in a book, actually, um, is realizing that just because I had the urge, it doesn't mean that I had to do it. Like the part of me that made the choice to eat is not the same as the voice that's saying you need to eat. So I can acknowledge that there's an urge that's saying, eat the entire red velvet cake right now in one sitting. That's an urge, but I can say, oh, that's interesting that I'm having that urge. And I don't have to, I don't have to follow through on that. It's really just like acknowledging that there's a voice. And then it gets kind of like uh existential a little bit. You're like, okay, so if that voice isn't me, which voice is me? Which voice controls my actions? Which are, um, and I love that you brought that up because you really inspired something else. Like this could be triggering to some people, but I read earlier today, someone said eating disorders aren't a choice. And I think that that's a really harmful belief to believe that you're not choosing and you do not have control. And what I found is that a lot of people with eating disorders are really leaning into their victim mentality. I don't have a choice. I can't help it. But, you know, maybe the urge is not a choice, just like the thought is not a choice. But the minute I put my hand out there and I bring the fork to my mouth, that is a choice. You are making choices in your actions. And that doesn't mean that you're to blame or you're a bad person, but we, it's important that we see where we're choosing. Because a lot of the times we keep choosing these things because we say, I have no choice. This is a disease that I can't help. And I, I, that that helps us almost. We're like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to eat everything in the house because I don't have a choice. But you do always have a choice. And you asked me about recovery. And one of the things that I missed out that was really important for recovery um, is that I became aware of a purpose beyond myself. And that was why we ended up meeting at the conference that we met at, because I suddenly decided that I wanted to serve others in a certain way. Was it from trauma? Maybe, possibly, probably. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there was this desire to serve other people. And then I realized, well, this is something that I have to look at and heal so that I can help other people heal too. And your path might be different. It might be like, well, I want to have children or I want to start a school or whatever it is, but there's a purpose. There's a reason why you're doing this that serves more than just yourself. And then it gets a lot easier to continue to take these actions. Yes, I love that. And so for you coming out of the coming out of that strictness and learning kind of getting into the place where you're starting to eat wherever you want. You're you're starting to eat whatever you want and you're like, okay, this this feels more true for me. This feels like you're you're separating yourself out of the bulimia. How were you able to really start detaching how your body looked from from, you know, the, the validation that you're maybe getting from that. Right. Cause mm. I think that's a really, really huge piece too. Yeah. You know, because I, <laughs> I started to realize that it was all bullshit, to be honest with you. Um, because it, everything is completely subjective, right? How many times have you seen someone who you think has the most perfect body say I'm fat and gross and I wish I looked like this person. I've seen people women obsess about another woman's body and be like oh my god she's so skinny how she's so skinny and they're skinnier from where I'm standing 
we don't see ourselves. And I just had to realize that we don't see ourselves. And you know that we don't see ourselves because how many times have you looked back at a picture that you were convinced you look fat and awful in? And you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, I look great. I realized that I didn't see myself. So I stopped attaching to what I thought I saw. And for me, we could all have different things. But for me, I wanted to be rich and famous and loved. I it was especially a lot of a lot of my validation came from men and men seeing me and loving me and thinking I was sexy. And I realized that for whatever body type I have, there's going to be a man who thinks it's the best body type in the world. There's, there's people, it's wild when you think about it. It doesn't make any sense. Body image issues literally make no sense. <laughs> and I don't mean, I don't mean that to like disparage anyone or call anyone any, but it doesn't make any sense because like, just think of, it's like, we have this idea that if we looked like Beyonce, then we'd never have any problems. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What are you, what, what, what I'm going to use this as an example because I know people will understand it, but I don't necessarily believe in the dynamics that are involved in this. But if we're using Beyonce as an example, well, even Beyonce's husband cheated on her. It's not because it's not about us. What other people do aren't about us, but Mm -hmm. we're so focused on ourselves. We think everything is about us. It has nothing to do with it. Half the time, people aren't even seeing you. And it's like, you know, I've had men absolutely gaga over me. And it wasn't about me. It was about who they thought they could be when they were with me. So I'm going to spend decades beating myself up, running myself into the ground for something that has nothing to do with me. The simple answer or the real answer but maybe not simple Kelly is just that I I opened my eyes and I started to really see and the 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 type of woman that we like the type of woman that we call beautiful changes every 10 years and then everyone starts to look like this thing and then the next 10 years it's something different it's fucking made up and it's all about money and when I started to see that it was all made up, I couldn't, I couldn't, it, it, it's, it's almost like sometimes now, Kelly, I feel like I'm losing my words to describe how preposterous it is mm-hmm. because it's so preposterous. I'm just like, I just need to show you the images in my head so that you understand how ridiculous this is. You know, when I was, when I was growing up, I had a big butt and people would make fun of me for having a big ass. I had a school skirt where the back of the school skirt was really high and the front was really long because my butt would lift up the back and people would make fun of me for it. Now people are spending thousands of money to get a fat ass. Yeah. But, but, but back in the day, I was, I was, I was like, I wish I had a flat ass. It's Mm -hmm. fucking made up. And Mm -hmm. we will drive ourselves crazy for made up standards that are all about money and control. And women are powerful fucking creatures. And the only way you can hold women back is to make them question how they look. Absolutely. I could not agree more with, with everything you just said. I feel like every woman on the planet needs to hear, like, if you listen to nothing else, that little soundbite, it's completely fucking made up. All of it is completely made up. And the most, I think, radical thing a woman can do is just be in her joy. Like do what feels good. 
do what feels good in your body. Like, and I don't want to get a choice to nobody. We're not sitting here saying, you know, eat whatever, you know, eat junk food, eat this, eat that to no abandon. I mean, I mean, more power to you. That's what you want to do. However, it's more about listening to what actually feels good for you. That's what it's about. It's not about restricting, but it's also, you know, it's not about eating junk food 24 seven, because that wouldn't feel good to your body. If you were actually listening to your body, it's about listening to your body. And I really believe, and, and I've seen and witnessed this in my own life. And like you said earlier, your body is nature and your body wants to be at a certain place. It wants to there's a place where it exists, where it's not hard to be there for it. Like it, you know, a certain way, a certain like way of looking, that's what your body was just designed to be. And it's really about learning how to be in harmony with that. Right. It's not like, Oh, let me force my body to look this certain way of an image that I have in my head based off of these really messed up beauty standards that we have, right? Where people are Photoshopping their faces and their bodies. And, and, you know, most of the things that you're seeing are not even real and thinking that you somehow have to live up to that ideal. So you're trying, if you think about this really bothers me in, in like our society right now, and certainly like with all the filters and everything that's going on and, you know, we're trying to live up to an ideal that doesn't actually exist. It's not possible to get there. It is literally not possible to get there. So you are always going to be coming from the place of I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. And then, like you said, it does go into money because then all these companies can sell you things. Well, you need a weight loss drink. You need this makeup. You need this body makeup. Now you need to contour your boobs. You need to contour abs on. You need to like what the most insane things are happening in our world all based off some made up things that some old white men decide in their companies and put some cute models in their photos. And then you buy it because that you think that you have to, when all your body wants to do is just feel good. Yeah. And there's so many people, and I used to be one of them who sell this idea of if you just work hard enough, and if you just eat the right food, then you're going to be confident. And the people who are selling this aren't confident in and of itself. And really what it leads to is we don't actually know. Most of us don't know what confidence is. It's like, oh, if I can post a picture in a G-string, no, I have no listen, I'll post my ass on the internet every day. I have no problems (laughs) with that. But that's not what confidence is, right? It's not like wearing a crop top or like, because you can go to the gym and deadlift that. It doesn't mean anything. In fact, when I was in the fitness industry, I was surrounded by the most insecure people, right? There are people who are selling you discipline and working hard and they have literal eating disorders, literally throwing up at every meal, like me, that's what I was doing. And I may be, uh, some may call me extreme, but I also just don't really believe in the concept of junk food and like what makes food junk and really like, we we, we have this control thing about our food. And I had a client once who said to me, well, I, well, fine, I just want to know what I'm eating. And I was like, wonderful. What did you have for breakfast this morning? And she was like, I had a smoothie. What was in it? And she starts naming the thing. So then I ask her about every ingredient that she put in there. What was in that? Uh, um, You know what? Actually, I don't know. We talk, so we bullshit ourselves so much and we just don't even know it. You know, she had this idea that knowing what was in her food was the thing that was healthy, but she didn't actually know what was in her food anyway, you know? And what's more important is that because we have this, and, and it's one of my pet peeves, we have this idea that obesity is something that is um it, the cause of obesity is junk food and if we can just eliminate junk food then no one will be obese 
people don't eat 10 tons of junk food. People don't get to 500, 600 pounds just because they like junk food. That's not it. And and even and if you were if you're in the fitness industry and you may have experienced this, Kelly, as well, I would binge on oatmeal and chicken and rice and I would still binge on all the things that people said were like, quote unquote, healthy. These are not the things that um, eating past fullness is about a, a spiritual, emotional, mental discomfort. It's not just because, oh, wow, this fried chicken and fries are so tasty. I'm going to eat to the point that I feel fucking sick. It's so, uh, it really lacks depth to blame food for the way we look. And when you, when you are not trying to escape yourself, you rarely eat past fullness. And I say rarely because listen, some things are very delicious and you're just going to be like, this is really, this is still really good. So I'm going to keep eating this. Mm-hmm. But when it's like every meal every day and you just keep eating past fullness, it's an avoidance. It's not about the food. It's never about the food. And when you feel a certain way in your body, you're going to eat food that feels good to you. That might be hot Cheetos. I say hot Cheetos because I went through a hot Cheetos phase. I'm pregnant and I was really, really, a really awesome stage. Or it could just be fruits and salad. Also went through a fruits and salad stage. Like you eat what feels good to you. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not about escaping. And, and that's the problem when it comes to obesity or eating disorders is that food is a place of escape. It's not about the food. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to bring something up in my own journey, um, hitting on, you know, you can binge on anything when I, you know, this was years ago when I, I had become very sick, like physically from basically just unprocessed trauma. I had autoimmune disorders and all things, all kinds of things going on. And when I went through that phase where I was really trying to clean up my diet because I was not going the Western medicine route where, where they're like, go on all these medications and try to fix this. But it was more about, okay, let me figure out what's going on here. I've got to heal my gut. I've got to do all of these things. So I got so far into holistic health, so far into what's good for you, what's bad for you, all of these things, like no gluten, no dairy, no this, no that, all of these kind of rules. And then I would still binge on the no gluten, no dairy, no this, like the health food snacks that were costing me like, you know, 10 times more than the other stuff. And then I was just like binging on those because it was to your point an an underlying emotional issue that I was having that I didn't know how to handle. And so I thought I could control it through having all these rules placed upon myself and that just made it worse. And then, you know, when you do get in that place of really listening to every little thing about what's wrong with this food, what's wrong with that food, why you can't have oils, why you can't have this, why you can't, you, you in your mind become like obsessed with this. And then you start thinking about everything that you're eating. And now all the time that you're eating, you're anxious. And when you're eating and you're anxious, your body can't process the food normally. So then you don't feel good. So is it, you know, um, now I'm at the place where I can literally eat whatever. I have sandwiches with a full gluten bread. You know, I have, I have whatever I want because I've trained my brain to say nothing is good or bad for me. Nothing is there's nothing that is good for me. There's nothing for bad for me. It's literally neutral. However, if I eat something and I notice it upset my stomach, I didn't feel right. Guess who will never eat again. 
me mm. because I have built this relationship with my body that if it doesn't feel good to me, it, it doesn't matter what it tasted like. It doesn't matter if I thought it was the best thing ever, but if my body is like, no girl, we're like, okay, no girl, yeah. because I trust, I built that trust within myself. Yeah. And I think that's such an important part, you know, because we're constantly getting bombarded with all of these messages about this being good or this being bad, but it's really just like, feeling like, Mm. and what I love, you know, and about how you teach this thing so much for you is about being joyous in your body and like joyous, like, and I'm talking pure joy, like, and and I'm telling you, you know, we'll, we'll put Christine's Instagram in the the bio, in the um, show notes here. So you guys can go follow her on Instagram because I love like your dancing videos and you're just, you're happy. And it's like, it doesn't, you know, you can just tell that you're free within that now. Whereas like, if you look back years ago and like how, how different that was, you know, the, the joy that you can now feel, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. I, I, I love that as well. Cause you literally can scroll back on my Instagram and see a huge difference. And what people don't understand is you said that you listen to your body and when you're so busy, like outsourcing everything, your opinion, what you should eat, when, what you should do. And like, you're not in your body and you cannot feel anything that you want to feel when you're not present in your body. Like everything that you desire will not feel the way you think it will feel if you're not present in your body. Cause everything we want, we want from a feeling, but if you're not in your body, you don't feel that anyway. So nothing, it's literally going to be everything as it feels empty. And that's, you know, you'll see people saying, I just want to lose 10 pounds and then they'll lose 10 pounds. It's not good enough. I got to do this. And then they do that. It's not good enough. Or I want to make six figures. They make six figures. It's not good enough because they're not in their body, right? They're not feeling the things that they are uh, desiring to feel because we're not present in your body. And that's why freedom in your body is so important. It's everything, actually. It's everything. And that freedom in your body leads you. It's your intuition. It guides you. It's really your body sincerely speaks to you. And yeah, it's, it's, it, to me, it, it's everything. And that's really when we're talking about embodiment. And to me, about embodiment is about um, being, you know, it's not, it's not about copying. It's about um, what is the energy present in your body at the moment? You know, as you're talking to me about joy, you're talking about the joy because that's what you are seeing in my body. You know, it's not like I, I talk a lot about joy, but it's not like every post is joy, 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 joy. It's like something that's present in my body. Like the more, that's why if you go through my Instagram over the last year, year and a half, two years, you see that I'm dancing more and more. You see that I'm dancing in my stories more and more. It's a freedom in my body. And again, if you don't have that freedom in your body, you're not going to have that freedom in your life. And if you don't have that freedom in your body, you're not going to have access to the feelings that you really desire. Even when we talk about falling in love, you know, living a life of our dreams. That's all about a presence in your body. That's why you have people who are billionaires or who have every single thing that they said they want. And it's still not enough because they're not present in their body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Presence is, is everything. And being in your body allows us to experience like our humanness, (laughs) 
you know, it's yeah. like, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Our spirits chose to come through bodies for a reason to experience being in a body, to experience yes. living in a body, to experience the world through the body that we have. Mm, and yeah. so I think that's such, such an important piece yeah. for everyone to understand, like just allowing, dropping in your body and just asking like, what feels good? Mm. Like, I think if we could all just start there, like, you know, every day, like checking in what feels good. Like, does this feel good in my body? Mm. Does this feel good? And like letting that be our guiding light. Yeah. Then that's it. I had a post-it. I just took off my bathroom today. As I told you, I was moving. And so you know, going into my bathroom is one of the first things I do every day. I had a poster on my door that said, what would satisfy me today? And I think that if I had heard someone 20 years ago say, be in your body, I don't, I wouldn't have known what it meant. So if I was to break that down, I would, I would say most of us are living from the neck up, or many of us, should I say, are living from the neck up. And everything is about a thought. I was talking to my sister the other day and she said, um, she makes decisions by making lists. And I don't wanna knock anyone who makes lists, do whatever feels good for you. Um, and she'll put the pros and cons the advantages and the disadvantages. And her, basically her life becomes a mathematical equation. That's literally, um, that is not living in your body. Because one of the things that I do know for sure is that we don't know the future. So we don't really know what the disadvantages of anything are until we do them. So when we make lists based on pros and cons, we're guessing this happened for other people or this happened in the past or this is what other people say. We don't actually know. You know, do you know how many times people have told me that I couldn't do something or something was not possible and I did it? even small things like the, or I find out afterwards, they're like, oh, I de definitely didn't think that that was going to happen. Or I called that it wouldn't happen. And it did. And when I say even small things, I dropped my phone, my very, very, very old iPhone in water, completely submerged. And my partner was like, oh, you need to back those photos up because that it's going to break any second. And I <laughs> was like, hey, don't, don't even, don't put that on me. Like, let's say if, not when, because what if it doesn't break? What if it lasts? What if all of this? And he was just like, I'm just being realistic. I'm just being realistic. Guess what? I'm still using that phone today. So there are, a lot of, <laughs> there are lots of things that people think aren't possible. So I, so I say all of that to say is that lists are very, uh, most of us live a very logical life. And I, and I, I want to also say, you know, I'm not a very logical person. I, I believe in being in my body, but more about what that means is just about like feeling like, because oftentimes when we're making a decision, we actually already know what we want to do, but we're not sure if it's the right decision. So we go into our head to decide if it's the right decision. Whereas it's the feeling in your body that's telling you, this is what I want to do. That makes it the right decision. And it being the right decision doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to go hunky-dory and everything is going to be perfect. And it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. Because the idea that that's all our life should be is a very human perspective. It's not actually life. That's this idea that we have that everything should always be perfect at all times. But how many times have the most awful things happened that have led to something amazing. You know what? I got married when I was 24 or 25. And 
as soon as I got home from the wedding, I was like, that was a bad decision. It wasn't the best marriage. But you know what? Because I was married to this man, I live in America. And I've had amazing things happen since that. So what was maybe a bad situation has led to the most beautiful things that could have ever happened. And I know every single person listening to that, if you even try for one moment, you could think of one thing that was quote unquote bad that led to something you never could have predicted. So we don't even really know what's bad or good anyway. So it doesn't have to be following your intuition, listening to your body, following that, that's the right thing for me. It's right. Whether the next thing that happens is like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because there's still more to come. There's always more to come. There's always more. So that's what I mean by being in your body. I hope that that kind of explains it a little bit more. I know that sometimes we move into this world and things make sense to us that don't always make sense to everyone. And essentially what we're saying is like, move out of your thoughts and what you think is logic. Logic is made up. Like when we talked about like bullshit, logic is taught to us. We're taught what logic is. That is not actually a base thing called logic. It's just, it's just made up. And it's really like, think your way out of risk. If you think enough, then you can, you can save yourself from, from pain. And there's no such thing. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could listen to you seriously for hours. I really could. I, I couldn't agree with more with everything that you were just saying. And I want to be mindful of the time here because I know you've got a flight to catch. <laughs> but Christine, I just want to thank you so much for giving all of that to us. I know, you know, for anybody listening to this, that there's so many little nuggets here that if you sit with them and you actually contemplate these things and like how you are living your life and how maybe just asking a better question about it, or maybe just trying to be a little bit more present and slowing down a little bit more, you can have these drastic changes. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing all of this wisdom with us. And do you have any last words for our audience? Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Um, I've loved having this conversation. And do I have any last words for the audience? I think that what is most important for you to know is that you can trust yourself no matter what. And it, we've relied on being told what to do for so long. Um, and really the real expert of your life is you. And at first it feels like you're going to need someone else to agree with you, right? I, I don't know, Kelly, if you've ever noticed this, like sometimes we think truth is what other people agree to. I, how many times have you had an argument with someone that like, so-and-so said the same thing <laughs> as if that means that that's truth. Mm -hmm. And it's time, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're being called to listen and trust yourself and accept yourself more. And in fact, the any issues that you have with, um, you know, maybe getting into toxic relationships, this, this eating, compulsive eating, troubles with eating, body image issues, it's all because you're outsourcing your trust for yourself. You're not trusting yourself, you're not accepting who you are, and you're believing that other people have a better idea of who and what you should be than you. And trust me, trust me, you can, you can trust yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so, so much. And if you want to follow Christine and after this, I'm sure you do, we will hook it up. Her Instagram link will be in the show notes, but she is at Christine Ajasafi. And we will also have some other resources for you. Thank you all so much for being here, for listening. I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you soon.